Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is John DeLancey, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for another episode of The Cinema Geeks. I am one of your Cinema Geeks, Optimus Solo. Joining me today, as we go back into the world of video gaming, is Hard Candy Mandy. Hello. 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 The video game expert himself, the man with all the knowledge, all the time, from the manuals, Mr. Fridley Scent. Hello. Oh, I thought you were going for Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have all the knowledge, no. no. (laughs) And then, of course, Movie Revolt. Dan, how's it going, Dan? I occasionally play video games as well. (laughs) And we are, like I said, going back into the world of the video games. This time for the first one on this side of the millennium mark, we're going to the 2001 action-adventure film Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Lara Croft colon Tomb Raider. So, obviously, uh, this is the... Big budget Angelina Jolie film, like I said, from 2001, and the first one of the 2000s that we'll be covering. And I'm just interested to see because the Tomb Raider film or Tomb Raider games have been around forever. It seems like there's been a ton of them, so I have a, I have a suspicion that there's going to be more people with experience with the Tomb Raider games than we had with Wing Commander. That's just I'm going to throw that out there. I think it might be a possibility. Dan, did you ever play any of the Tomb Raider games? I did, I did. I didn't have a PlayStation 1, so I didn't play it on that. I think I missed like when it was kind of exploded, but I did have a Sega Dreamcast. I was one of the few, and I had. I think that's the first time I was exposed to it. And uh, I, I haven't played it a great deal, but I, I did get, get some familiarity when I got a PlayStation 2, also went back and played some of the classic games. So uh, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Laura Croft expert, but I have some experience. Did you enjoy the games? I did, I did. Uh, they were challenging, I would say. I, uh, I felt, I never finished one or beat one, but I've enjoyed kind of the puzzle aspect. Um, actually, my wife, current wife, uh, she's the one that kind of like first got me into playing them. Um, so. <laughs> not, not your former or Wait, future wife. Man, man, my current wife, back, man. All right, so it's late. My current wife, uh, who at the time was my girlfriend, uh, she enjoyed playing the game, so actually. We, I, when I uh, got like one of my new systems, we one of the first times I really got into one of the games. So, uh, I, I I did like them. I, they're not like my all-time favorite games, mostly because I feel stupid and I get stuck and aggravated and stop playing. Uh, but you know, I enjoyed. That's the, 
That's like Assassin's Creed for uh, Amanda. Amanda, Dude. how much? Because I just want to shoot things and it doesn't work, and I'm like, I, I uh, it's too hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> I played it on PC a little bit. Um, like Dan, I never really beat anything, but I was young. I don't think I beat a whole lot of my PC games that I played back in the day. Um, right along with Space Buddies Must Die. I don't know if you guys have ever played that one, but you should. Um, I think that this game scared the crap out of me. Like, I was always worried about getting, like, mauled by a tiger or something. Like, there's always something that's gonna come get you. And you gotta be prepared, you gotta be on your toes, and you gotta think through stuff. And it's a lot of coordination with, like, jumping and, and swinging and, like, doing her thing. So, it, uh, it was definitely a cool game to get into. Uh-huh. And she's a, she's a badass character, too. I mean, she's got this whole... Yeah, you know, she's it. She's freaking Laura Croft. I mean, she's got guns and you know skills and the flipping and the jumping and the shooting <laughs> and the sweet hair. All it's, that. Yeah, all that. Matt, what about you? Any experience with the Tomb Raider games? Oh man, not a lot, if you can believe it. Um, like I remember playing on my PlayStation One. I was late to the PlayStation game. I was a Nintendo all the way, so I had my sixty four for like a year or two before I ever had the PlayStation. Um, and so, like, I didn't play a lot of Tomb Raider when I was a kid. I, I had a couple of demos on discs, I'm sure. And I even played the card game, um, if you d- didn't know that there was a, a collectible card game for Tomb Raider, which is really interesting because, like, you would have, like, a tomb deck and you'd have to, like, lay down traps and stuff. And then, like, you and your friends would compete to go through each other's dungeons. And it was one of the rare collectible card games that actually had a single player mode where it's like, if you have a deck, you can play by yourself which was really cool. Hmm. Um, and then, in anticipation of recording this episode, um, I went back, because I've bought, not the most recent, but the pre- the next to most recent Tomb Raider game, and I played that for a couple of hours. Nice. And are you a um, fan of the game series, or not? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I know a lot of the older ones don't hold up well. The graphics have really diminished. Um, but the new ones, um, which I've been told by fans... Um, are, are very, like, good as far as following all of the things that made the original ones good, but then have great graphics, like, just amazing graphics, and uh, are just generally fun. Like, they're fun, they're, they're action-y, they have, like, a suspensefulness, they have the puzzle, they're, like, they're great. It's a great series of games. Alright. As for myself, um, I'm gonna be a broken record for here, from basically probably here on out for the rest of the video game series because I was a huge gamer, I guess you can call it, um, back in the early gaming days, you know, back with uh, the Commodore 64 and Pong and Intellivision and into the early Nintendo days, but uh, I basically retired, I guess, as a gamer uh, somewhere in the 90s, so most of the games that we talk about from here on out I'll have no experience playing. I've never played a Tomb Raider game. I don't even know if I've seen somebody play a Tomb Raider game, so I'm completely oblivious to this whole universe outside of what I saw in the movie here, so I'm going to rely on you guys telling me if it's a good adaptation or not, and the adaptation that we're talking about uh, was directed by Simon West. And, like we said, stars Angelina Jolie, John Voight, Daniel Craig, Ian Glenn, and a few others. As we get into the film, Dan, I'll start with you, but how well do you think the movie represents or visualizes on the big screen the actual video game? Uh, I mean, well, I gotta got say, you know, Angelina Jolie does seem like she was born to play this role. She certainly looks like the character uh, in that end. It 
I don't remember much of the story of the Tomb Raider games, or if there really was one, to be honest with you. I think I kind of just fast-forward through most of the cutscenes, so I don't remember them being this, like, supernatural, but I could be completely off on that. But I I think it gets kind of the action part of it, but I always felt the the games themselves were, were smarter than this movie was uh, in a lot of ways. Like, Angelina Jolie seems to not... Like, the uh, Laura Croft in this seems to only have one mode of like just shooting every like the way i wanted to play a tomb raider game was the way she was treated in this movie uh so in that aspect i don't know i think it's okay i think better than some but i think it it only represents the game at least uh on a more superficial aspect of it so i would say you know if we're ranking it maybe like you know seven out of ten or so six out of ten when it comes to how well it does and when it represents the game of tomb raider from what I've read, you kind of—I think you've touched on a little of it. Maybe I don't know about the story part aspect of the games, or kind of you know the the aesthetic element of that. But from everything I've done in the research, it seems like the there was a lot of praise for the actual like the details from the game showing up in the in the film, whether it be moves that Laura Laura Croft had, whether it be weapons. Or, or just different elements like that that they put in there. So I can't speak to the actual story aspect of either one, but it, the, the, a lot of people are praising it for maybe the detail work as far as instilling some of the things that you would have seen in the game into the movie. Is that correct, Matt? Or, or what do you feel like as far as being an interpretation of the game series? Ooh, I, I, like, I don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough in the game series. The only one I've ever beaten was the Guardian of Light, um, which is you know like one of the last like you know five years old and not like a like a real game like the other one so like i don't know if they're that they had the minutia in there mm-hmm. um but if that's like if that's your positive thing then you really need to relook at your script from the very beginning like <laughs> if all if, if your only appeal is the people that are hardcore in the series because like like if any of us who have you know uh, having a passing interest in the game can't pick up on that then that's not going to be enough right I think that a lot of her moves and, you know, even the way she, you know, jumped and moved from vine to vine and and how she operated in, like, the tombs themselves, I think looked super true to the game. I think the the scenery and stuff looked, um, you know, pretty cool and, and, and spot on. And I think that her badassery definitely came through. And like Dan said, she really brought the character to life like she was born to play it. And... I think that it had a great sense of the action-adventure that you get from the games. You felt that in the in the movies, too, with the, the jet-setting and, and, and all that good stuff um, as far as, like, her adventures go and how she handled things, like, in, in like the combat aspect or, you know, when, it, when the bullets start flying, I think that it definitely was pretty spot-on. I mean, even look at, if you look at her look... It's impeccable. It's it's her costume to a T, really. I think for me, when it comes to something like this, uh, especially with having very little knowledge of the actual game series, it's not saying that it's a great interpretation or not, but what I can say is it's not blatantly bad. It's it's not just a disregard to the games like we've seen in a few of the other films. So Super Mario. Yeah, so I mean, it has that going. <laughs> so you know, I think we could we could pick apart the story a little bit, but then we'll get into the film itself. But I I think there's probably some aesthetically pleasing things to people that are big time fans of of the game series. So it didn't it didn't seem to ha- it didn't 
it doesn't have the wrong type of person. It doesn't have the you know it doesn't have something that would just blatantly piss off a fan of the game. It doesn't seem like from from that standpoint. So I'll give it that. I'm I'm probably with Dan. I'd say it's uh, above average as far as representing the game itself. So I'm I'm right with you with like a six seven range somewhere in there. It's definitely recognizable. Absolutely. All right, well, let's get into how the film works as a film itself. We're giving it somewhat of a positive review as far as how it represents the game, but will we be positive as far as how it is as a film? Dan, we usually start with you. What's your general reaction to this as as a a cinema masterpiece? (laughs) Cinema masterpiece, wow. (laughs) That's putting it up. Uh, uh, I think if I was 12, this would be my favorite movie ever. (laughs) Um, I, I, I went into this not like knowing at all like what to expect and i saw on rotten tomatoes it's like a 19 percent. so which for video game is average uh <laughs> it's actually above average true so i, I was like I don't, i'm like i don't know to me it's like it'll just be an action film and I, it's weird and there there are certain things i would say like there is potential in certain moments where like this could be kind of cool but it ends up not working out like there's a sequence that uh you know there's an action sequence where she's for some reason in her house on a bungee cord and I just like that's like training it wasn't and then some shit yeah I just like I, I, there were moments like that kind of it didn't I don't know like this could be really cool and it was okay uh, it, I love the fact that like I don't know what was it 10 minutes in and they got her naked I'm like that I'm like that of course and she took the angriest shower I've ever seen someone take in my life just, <laughs> she's not watching Herbalist Yeah, she just looked so mad. I'm like, is she just mad at the water? I just don't understand. <laughs> so, uh, overall, though, I think it, like it's the it's just fine to me. Like the plot seemed kind of ridiculous, where it's like you have all these moons that align, and the thing that kind of like set me off, like was confusing to me, was just like how they incorporated some of the more fantastical elements, and like they just, it seemed off to me because it seemed like this action film. But when, like, you know, suddenly you're in these tombs and these these creatures come to life, and it just, I don't know, it didn't seem, it, it just seemed like it was from a different movie. But I thought overall, I, I all like it, it was, was, I don't know, I wouldn't, like, it's by far not the worst we've seen, but it just seems just kind of a waste. It just, nothing about it to me stood out all that positively, and there were a few moments where I'm just like, this is pretty bad. But it's... It was, it reminded me of, like... This is what would have happened if Michael Bay was directing an Indiana Jones. Yeah, it just feels very cheap like, to me. That's like it just—I don't know. Yeah, like I—I'm going to let Matt go because I think he's going to touch on a couple of things uh, as far as plot goes. But uh, Matt, how did you feel like this worked as an overall film, story, plot, and acting, all that type of stuff? Well, I feel like to best illustrate it. You should talk at normal speed, and then I will talk at really slow speed for just no reason simultaneously, because that happened a bunch. There was one, that, was that scene where the one aspect of the scene is in slow mo, and the rest of the scene is still in regular. Yeah, pace. you can you can so see the Matrix influence around this time, where it's like everyone tries to be the Matrix, but no one can be. So. <laughs> And what's insane about that, and like what like really just bothers me is it's like a year after the Matrix happened. This movie comes from a massive franchise. It has twice the budget of the Matrix. It is twice the budget. It came really? out later. I didn't. I assumed yet, it was made on the cheap. That is amazing. No, no 
twice the budget, and yet they can't even get a CG robot to look a third as good as the Matrix CG robots. Yeah. It's insane. But that's, you know, a, a minute point. Like, the, the the overarching story, I'm not quite sure why. Like, Laura Croft's dad's like, hey, you know, you know, when I'm old and you're, you know, hitting, like, you, you know, your stride, you're gonna, there's gonna be this alignment, and then, like, you need to find it all, but I don't know why he wants her to find it, if only just to keep it away from the baddies, but, like, he has the first piece, and if he were to just destroy it, or, I don't know, drop it in the ocean, no one would find it <laughs> before the next alignment, you know, in 5,000 years or whatever, so it's like, he could have just prevented this all by throwing that clock in the ocean. Just, oh- the There's also a moment with Laura Croft where she's like, or oh, we could wait and wait in 5,000 years. I'm like, isn't that, yes, isn't that what you want to do? Like, what? Exactly <laughs> what the, your point is. The whole is. point that doesn't make sense is, number one, if if he's very, if he's that much concerned with her finding something in a certain time period that you're only going to have one shot in 5,000 years to do, why are we giving her riddles and puzzles to solve? Like, why would you not just say, hey, you need to do this, it's right here, pick it up, you know, whatever. And then on the flip side of that, if you have one half of this thing that could mean the world's going to be destroyed, you don't need to go to the location where the other half is. Like, just do away with it. Like Matt was saying, either the dad should have made it disappear, or when Lara Croft has it, she should have done something to make sure it was nowhere near anything else. You don't need to go seeking out the other half. That's the worst possible idea, is to get these two things together. So the plot makes no sense whatsoever. Amanda, you haven't had a chance to chime in on the film itself. Well, that's because, as usual, I'm on a fucking island over here. Just like, I enjoyed the fucking movie. I had a blast with it. It was super fun. I liked the bungee cord scene. I was like, hey, if I had a lot of money and I had a fucking mansion, I'd string up some bungee cords and do some air ballet, too. Like, I mean, Would you also only button your shirt with one button for some reason? It's like, really... If, yeah, if I was, like, skinny as shit yeah. and wanted to show off my rip like Jesus six-pack, then yes, I would do that. But, um, you, come on, you can't explain the... I don't need to explain anything. It's a movie based on a video game. Like, <laughs> I had fun with it. I think that uh, Laura's, like, camaraderie with the people that um, were in her life had some fun little... Um, you know, moments. I, I liked her little tech dude. I thought he was funny. I thought that was fucking Ben Mendelsohn, though. Like, <laughs> I was so convinced. I'm like, holy shit, look how young he looks. <laughs> That's I actually thought the same him. thing. I'm like, wow, I didn't know he was in this movie. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I thought it had some great side characters, like fucking Ser Jorah from Game of Thrones is in this dude, and he's bad. And, what about American Daniel Craig? And American Ugh. Daniel Craig. I thought it was funny, all right? You thought it was funny that he was American and she was British? Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, it's pretty ironic, but uh, I, I thought that the action was pretty solid. The whole characters coming to life thing, I can kind of believe that, like, in the tomb, like, some crazy shit like that happening, but the whole alignment thing, like, we really didn't need, like, some cosmic event. Like, it could have been like the holy fucking grail like in you know indiana jones but something different you know what i mean the same kind of like artifact that wasn't gonna open up a space gate and let her rustle through but uh, as far as like being able to enjoy it as a movie even like if you didn't have experience with laura croft i think that you would still have fun with it and as someone who didn't have experience with laura croft i would but you're a fucking hater, so... <laughs> I just wanted more, I don't know, more something to the plot or, or more puzzles for her to solve. I thought she was supposed to be more of this, like, 
I don't know, as a Tomb Raider, like, that she has to do all those, like, archaeology-type things or figure out things, and I just feel like it kind of glossed over that aspect to just show her kick-assery instead, which I guess works for a lot of people, but I wanted more puzzles like Indiana Jones I mean, it's Angelina Jolie. Is she really that smart? Can she pull off the science-y stuff? I mean, at one point, uh, who was... Who was Denise Richards was a scientist in James Bond? No, that, yeah, that was not that's not, a, uh, not helping your cause. <laughs> that's not a good example. Um, give you guys some numbers here before we go uh, further into this. But uh, like Matt said, the budget here, 115 million, uh, was the budget, and domestically it did make 131. So it did make back its budget as far as domestic goes, and, and I think uh, worldwide it was in the 270 range, 274 million or so. As far as our box office mojo stats, because they have lists of everything, I want to give you guys, uh, put you guys on the spot for these ridiculous uh, classifications here. Um, first of all, it is the ninth highest grossing treasure hunt film <laughs> ever. I wonder what else is a treasure anybody hunt. Film? Want, anybody want to guess at what is beating it? There's eight films ahead of it in the treasure hunt category. Matt, got any guess? Is the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull beating it? Um, all four Indiana Jones films yeah. are beating it. Well, I wanted the one that people like the least because that... All four of them. All four of them are ahead of it. The, the three, it, three of them absolutely deserve to be. <laughs> that means there's only four other films ahead of it. Amanda, any, any treasure hunt films that you can think of? National Treasure. National Treasure is ahead of it. Uh, da Vinci Code? Nope. Wow. There's one more set of three films. Anybody? I don't. They're qualifying this as a treasure hunt, apparently. The, the, there's three Pirates of the Caribbean films. There's like eight Car- Pirates of the Caribbean Yeah, but only three of them apparently are ahead of it. So only three Pirates three of the Caribbean, of four Indiana Jones, and National Treasure are all ahead of it. There are only four of them, right? I don't know how many Pirates I think, of the I think Caribbean there's only films four. are. All right, another classification for you here. Uh, it is the also it was ninth but most highest grossing treasure hunt film. It's also the ninth highest grossing action heroine film, a film with an a heroine action heroine. I guess is how it's calling it. So anybody have any guesses as to what is ahead of it in that category? Amanda, we'll start with you. Barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> no, God no. Probably deserves to be though. <laughs> Matt, any. I can't chime in because actually, because um, I you looked up the the budget again, and I and I was like, "What do you mean the ninth highest action heroine?" And so I've already opened that one. Gotcha, Dan. Any guesses? The Underworld movies? Nope. Ooh, what? that's a good guess. There's some are... some very recent films and with and... are they counting very Star Wars? The... Mad Max? <laughs> nope. We Should have been. You know, you're you're not. Are they counting Force Awakens? Force Awakens is one of them that they're counting on that. Uh, action heroine. Uh, the what about the Resident Evil movies? Nope, not above. They didn't make more than that. There is uh, four films in one franchise, though. If any of you could figure that one out. Uh, the Fast and Furious movies? Is that? Nope. We got the four Hunger Games. Oh, films. I, I guess yeah. Um, all obviously is that. And then we have the other ones that they're qualifying as this. It would be uh, Terminator Two, Mister and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. And yeah. Which I, isn't that Which her is as well? Her, yeah. That is also her, and then the first uh, or uh, Divergent, the first one of those, have all made more money than that. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's the ninth best action heroine film as far as block as far as uh, box office goes. And then here we have it, guys. It is the number one grossing video game adaptation. Wow! So it, it's all downhill from here, guys. No movie 
has made more. I, is that, does it still hold that after Angry Birds? Is Angry Birds going to be it? Because I feel like it that's is. Gonna... It's still ahead of Angry Birds. All right. um, as of when I checked this uh, last week here. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, and it's not even close. Well, I mean, it's I guess you could say somewhat close. I, it's got about twenty twenty five million, I think, from the between the first and the second place. So uh, we're not going to cover a video game film that has made more than Tomb Raider unless. It is still out there making money, like Angry Birds or maybe a possibly uh, Assassin's Creed or something down the road. So, currently the leader. Um, getting back into uh, a little bit about the film, um, Dan, do you have anything? What does it do best? What's the, what's the highlight? What's what's the best part of Tomb Raider? Man, the best part of Tomb Raider. That's a good. I will say, even though I was making fun of it, the the Bungie sequence is probably. It is. There, there's some interesting. I would probably say that's probably the best scene. For me, the best part of Tomb Raider is what I hope Matt eventually accomplishes, is when it presents us with the best example ever to mash up uh, two different things, because the wipeout scene is just absolutely incredible. Um, Towards the end, where the Tomb Raider film becomes literally a scene out of the game show Wipeout. And I I just want to see you do that, Matt. You've got to complete that. Like... I've already downloaded it. The problem is, is that like I never watched Wipeout. I watched the most extreme elimination challenge, which is not different, <laughs> but is different. And I think their commentary is a lot funnier. And so I'm trying to find a, a good one from there to pull. But yeah, but I, I did find a, a scene from Wipeout that literally has almost the exact same setup as it, it's it's the same. <laughs> it's the same exact setup as that scene in Tomb Raider. Uh, Amanda, what's your favorite? I know you liked a lot of it, but what what is your pinpoint of favorite aspect of this film? Man, um... And don't say Daniel Craig. I'm gonna say her outfits. Her outfits. I thought you were gonna say her accent. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh! Now, speaking of her outfits, because we were thrown off, we watched this, uh, Matt, Amanda, and I watched this together, and we were thrown off at the beginning, uh, the first couple of times we see Angelina Jolie, because it seems to be that there was uh, some interesting outfitting going on. When in, I talked about her boobs? In the chest area. And here, apparently, the video game fanatics out there were absolutely appalled when they cast Angelina Jolie as Tomb Raider because they said that she does not have a big enough chest. And this resonated, I guess, so much or got enough traction that they actually had her... She she's actually forced to uh, wear a, a padded... <laughs> like they stuffed and padded or did whatever to increase her cup size, like multiple cup sizes. Are they also mad that they're not triangles? Is that... <laughs> Hilarious. And sad. <laughs> it, it was like lift and separate to. So that's why it looks so body. weird. Yeah, yeah, that's why it, it looks so weird because awful. I guess they did a lot of uh, manipulation to try to make it look like she was a bigger-breasted individual, which I guess I didn't realize was needed. But uh, that, and of course, we also have the trivia that uh, her real father is obviously playing her father in this film. So. Oh, I didn't. I don't know ever that. call him John Boyd. I just call him Angelina Jolie's dad. <laughs> um, any other last thoughts, final thoughts uh, about Tomb Raider before we go around and give grades, Dan? Man, I, I whoever saw this movie and still said, "Yeah, Daniel Craig, you can be James Bond." Kudos to you. Because <laughs> that, yeah, if you saw this film, they they couldn't have seen this. They couldn't have seen this and said, "You're, you're perfect for James Bond." Because he is awful in this. They probably saw layer cake and like that's that's what we mean. So, <laughs> Amanda, final thoughts on Tomb Raider? Oh, I just had a lot of fun with it. I think it's um, a cool action adventure sci-fi 
uh, little little ride here. I think that it's got some cool characters. Can't expect too much out of it, but I think it, it does the the game justice. I don't expect anything out of any film we're watching in the series. Actually, at this not point. anymore. I, I liked it. I had fun with it. I was excited to watch it again. I'm, I'll probably watch it in the future. Um, I've seen the sequel just as many times. Um, you're gonna watch the reboot when it comes out. I definitely. I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Seven out of ten. Dan, I forgot to get your grade while you're giving your final thoughts. Oh, uh, three out of ten. <laughs> just a, a slight difference between the man and Dan's <laughs> score there. Um, if you Matt, put them together, they equal ten out of ten. <laughs> Matt, where are you sitting? What are your final thoughts, and what kind of grade would you give this? For the record, here. Dan threw out the Rotten Tomato score of 19%. Uh, it has a 19% critic score, 47% fan score, which you say you know is about average for this. That actually puts it at the second highest for both. The only film being <laughs> nice. it in either category is Mortal Kombat. So it is second best critically claimed <laughs> Rotten Tomato score with 19% and the second best fan with 47 Oh, Matt, what do you man. Think? I wanted to love this movie. Like I, I think I said that going in. Um, not because I'm a fan of Laura Croft, but because I'm a fan of like Indiana Jones, right? And like, and I love a badass female protagonist. We do not get it enough in Hollywood, and so it's like I just wanted it to be awesome. Indiana Jones with a lady, and proving ladies can do it just as well as guys. And we didn't get that. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. I would watch the sequel if someone wanted to watch the sequel. I'd be like, yeah. I mean, I just recently watched the first one, so why not? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll, I'll meet uh, in between. Dan and Amanda give it a four. <laughs> I don't know what your definition of it is in between those two scores. <laughs> I thought you were going to say right in the middle, middle. there. Um, I, I <laughs> am right in line with Matt and Dan on this one. I if, if this had, I don't fault Angelina Jolie. I think she fits the character fine. I think you know some of the the details are seem like they come from the game or you know it gets that kind of uh, praise and all that type of stuff but i can't forgive a plot that is so bad to have these things happening and the whole crux of the whole thing could so easily be avoided by anybody that had like the lowest iq possible so i, I can't get past that so i'm gonna give this one a, a but there was like a, the curiosity factor like they wanted to see what it was gonna do hey this could ruin the world but they wanted to see how cool the fucking event was going to be, and it's it just was just weird how it all how they played that all out between her and her dad and uh, the Illuminati and was the Illuminati in the game? I, I doubt it. I don't know, but uh, was Jay Z in the game? No, he might have been. Okay, I think he still might be in the Illuminati. <laughs> Lara's party mix is getting a three out of ten for me. So score by the RZA. <laughs> so that does it for. Uh, this chapter in the video game series, as you can see, we are having all kinds of fun going through uh, this spotlight here, and it's going to be interesting, because I don't know, like we said, this is the biggest box office success out of all the ones we're going to get, so hopefully there was some uh, sleepers at the box office that just ended up being better films than, than I'm remembering, but... Alright, so looking at what we will visit next and when we rejoin our video game spotlight. We were in 2001. We're going to go just one year into the future to 2002 to see how another female lead handles things, I believe, in Resident Evil. Amanda, what's your excitement level? Pretty fucking excited, Kevin. The Capcom game finds its way to the big screen. Uh, the last Capcom game we talked about was Street Fighter. Matt, 
Resident Evil, excitement, or are you tired of this journey? Uh, how many of them do we have to watch? Because there's like just one. six of them. You're just watching the first one. I don't know if we could really get a feel for it then. <laughs> I loved Street Fighter probably the most of anything we've watched so far, so as long as this is super campy and silly and I could just shut my mind off, then we're, we're set. You haven't seen it before? I, if I have, it was in 2002 or 2003. This oh, is man. Like, the first one is things that <laughs> are made up of, like, your nightmares come from this kind of movie. It's definitely scary. It... It uh, wigged the crap out of me when I was younger when I first saw this. I think that um, I'm super interested now to to see if you like this. I think if you like Blood Rain, you should freaking like this movie because I feel like it's... But Blood Rain isn't... Blood Rain is exactly what I just said. Super cheesy, campy, shitty. Like, this is not scary in any way. This, it's a little bit on the serious side, I will say that. Looks like we're going to have to wait to see how you guys come down on this one. Dan, any excitement for Resident Evil? Yeah, I'm interested because uh, I actually saw a good amount of those actually in theaters. I don't know why, but <laughs> they were like a kind of a admitted guilty pleasure. So, But I've only seen the first one once, So, because they after that, they're just like, yeah, let's not even do that again. Let's do something completely different, but I'm interested in revisiting the original and seeing how it holds up well, you know, a decade later. Once again, we're not talking later. about... Uh, Resident Evil, Afterlife, or Retribution, or Extinction, or Apocalypse. We're just talking the 2002 original, Resident Evil. So you'll have to let us know what your thoughts are on Lara Croft's Tomb Raider here. And you can do that by going to the website, www.geekcastradio.com. Find this episode post and let us know your comments. Are you more in Amanda's camp in the 7 range, or down with the guys in the 3-4 range? Uh, and let us know what you agree or disagree with as far as our critique on that film, and let us know how you're enjoying the video game spotlight so far. If you want to interact with us directly, you can do that on Twitter. The show Twitter handle is at CinemaGeekCast. My Twitter is at OptimusSolo. Dan, yours? I'm at MovieRevolt. Matt? I'm at FridleySet. Amanda? Hard candy, Mandy. Eyes, no eyes. All right, so that does it for this week. We look forward to talking to you guys again on the next week's episode of The Cinemates.